It's not a competition, but then again, everything is. Like trying to have a conversation, and afterwards asking who wins. Every person that you talk to is the co-host of that moment in your life. Might be one podcast too many, but we're only one small slice of the pie. It's the cultural content consumption appraisal. did it you're here blast off everything's taken off you got rocket ships that are going into the air and the whole kit and caboodle mate it's just a good day because um we're not going to get into it but these are going to get worse each week, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> you, you had a good run 15 episodes 16 episodes good I'm intros i'm excited you're running out I, of things to say i saw something about the day on the news about a rocket <laughs> And I'm just feeling like today's a day where things... You weren't acknowledging another podcast by doing the blast off thing. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't, actually. Shout out to the Rocket Pod. We do love the Rocket Pod. Let's get down to business. This is an afternoon slash evening record. Different kind of energy again. What what you got on the the drink? What you hydrating with? Water. Very good. I I want the listener to... And I ate a tiny box of cashews because I'm a very early eater for Mm. dinner, Jeff. Mm. You've already had your dinner? No, I haven't, which is why I'm in the little tiny box oh, of cashews. I see, to tide you over. Well, I just want to yeah. get the audio reaction for our audience of you when you see what I'm hydrating myself with. Prime. Logan I mean, Paul, out the, here. The, Respect. The, the, the audio reaction was just you saying it. I thought there'd be like a sigh or a laugh. It was just you saying the product, fair enough. I'm saving my sighs for later. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And it's not actually. One thing I'm trying to nail prime. is how far away from the microphone I need to be for a sigh. I see. When I'm dropping the size in. The science of the size. It's an important thing. Um, speaking of uh, important things. Do you think people oh, could tell that segue. this isn't a morning? Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. We should start get, getting people to guess what time we recorded this. Let's it's, get not, to... it's not prime. It's water in a... I bought prime once. Let's all just calm down. Um, Lies. But <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to try a thing. Because okay? you're very well acquainted with the 30 second game. Which is how we try and communicate to someone within 30 seconds. If you've already been listening for a few minutes and you don't know what the hell is going on, like Godspeed, you're just out here trying things and good for you. We should all be out here trying new content. But um, in 30 seconds, we just try and catch you up on the basic concepts of the show, the principles. Um, But here or there, I have a feeling just to just to shake us up, just to wake us up a bit. I feel like it's going to get specific. It's going to get hyper specific. Today, Christopher, I'm going to try and see if see if you're all there. See if you're with me. I've got I've got a, a little what's it called? A little rule, a little game for you for our thirty second game. Games become more game. Gamify. I'm, 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 I'm what not are you happy about this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just because I was waiting for you to come on, I was like, I'm going to jot down some notes for my thirty second uh, game. You've got you've got and notes now. I today. feel like I was going to nail the thirty second game. Now I feel like you're coming at me. <laughs> no, do you know what? Nothing wins my heart over more than someone who's made notes. I'm going to put this off. If you've got notes, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, any... we, let's let's 
I tell you what, tell me we what don't do odds and ends. We don't no. do the week that was. No. Let's play around with the 30-second game very quickly. Please. I'll give you OG 30-second game. Love that. And then... <gasps> you'll, you dip, drop, you'll double dip? Oh, I'll man. double dip and you can drop in oh, the new... This, this is perfect. The new 30-second game. Fantastic. Then so, we can ask our audience to email in. <laughs> <laughs> Voice note in. Make a group chat with us. First, be on personal yeah. terms enough with us that you could make a group chat. So far, there's only two people out there in the world who have a group chat specifically with just me and you in it, which, hey, props to them. And yeah. thanks for listening, both of you. Um, okay. <laughs> 30-second game. Tell the people. OG 30-second game. OG 30-second game. What is this podcast even about? Christopher, starting now. So, we're two guys. We grew up together. We liked watching things. We liked talking to each other about those things that we watched. Now we get to force them upon each other, not in a competitive way, although it is a competition, and we review them and guess how much each other liked those things in honour of the Little White Lies Truth and Movies podcast with three scores, anticipation, enjoyment, and in retrospect. And then someone might win. Congratulations. That was, I mean, was that a written up paragraph? Is that in the Google Doc? Why didn't they see that? Because I don't put my personal (laughs) notes in our shared notes. (laughs) Otherwise, you'll see the scores. You don't don't mix business and pleasure in the Google Doc. Okay, fair enough. Um, Now, uh, this is is hyper-specific, but I feel like this is really important. There's a person out there, a theoretical person who knows you, who knows me, who listens to the podcast... They are very troubled by the fact that we're getting on to like 14, 15 episodes and nothing, none of the work by the artist formerly known as and still currently known as Ryan Adams has featured on this podcast. You have 30 seconds to explain to this person why Ryan Adams has yet to feature on this podcast starting now. Because he was cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> With 27 seconds to spare. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> tell what? a lie. He wasn't cancelled. Oh, I was a big with eighteen oh, seconds to go. <laughs> I was a big Ryan Adams fan. Jeff was a big Ryan Adams fan. And then about twenty nineteen, yeah. Ryan Adams got an article written about him about wow. how terrible a person he was in real life with women in the studio. And therefore, <laughs> I now feel troubled and don't listen to his music anymore. Oh wow, fantastic! Oh wow, I, I just really wanted to open that can of worms, and that might become relevant a little later on. Um, but it, it basically. He's been called out for yes. being a douchebag. Right. And a but, not very nice person. Oh, what a great way to start our episode, though. But what does that like? Ha- is that relevant? Like, oh, I hate you so much, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> yeah, let's tell you what. I think I think we uh, settled that one. <laughs> the the famous oh, art versus the artist. And who argument. stole all of my Ryan Adams vinyls <laughs> and proceeded to listen to them with all of this knowledge? <laughs> Yeah, listen, you said Jeff was a fan. Jeff's still a fan. I don't know what we're... I, I, we, we could get into that, but um, listen. So you so you listen to uh, Blood on the Tracks? I Is haven't listened to it. Is it Blood on the Tracks? He's Blood done... The tracks? Listen, yeah. for the listener, for the big Ryan Adams fans out there or like pending, dormant, uh, status <laughs> unknown Ryan Adams fans out there, um, you know, currently offline Ryan Boy Adams fans. out here covering massive yeah. albums. He's doing whole-ass covers albums of... Um, Taylor Swift was Taylor the OG. Swift was the OG, but recently he's done Blood on the Tracks. He's done Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen. He's done What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis. The craziest part of that is he's already famously covered Wonderwall for the Lovers Hell album. So have either of us figured out yet if he's done another, another Wonderwall? It's on there. Have I clicked play? No. Okay. Odds because and I'm out here listening point. to the 1975 and Apparently. the Beths. And... Yeah, all the, all the things yeah. that are being thrown your way. Speaking um, of... Hello, fellow moon, whatever that... <laughs> 
the Hello Fellow Moon. That sounds good. What was that? I don't know. Big Thief, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the, the Google Doc. Hello, fellow moon. <laughs> That's how, are you, how are you today? <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking, I haven't even been drinking. No, you've been having cashews and we can all hear it in your voice. The thing is, <laughs> we have to discuss the things that we were meant to review today. So, you have just. Yep. I didn't ask you in our pre show meeting, which was very formal yeah, and very locked to in, the point. Locked in. I'm locked, locked in. in. Fantastic. Um, do you mind carrying the ball while I lock mine in? Because I had that. Okay. So Jeffrey asked me to watch the yes. 2022 documentary yes. Meet Me in the Bathroom, which was a music documentary yes. about the 2000s in New York and yes. basically the music scene that blew up around there at the one time. Or, one or two of the artists, yeah. Featuring the Strokes, Interpol um others many i can't remember lcd sound system big one yeah yeah yeah. yes so lots and lots and lots and lots fantastic Um, oh this is gonna be fun and i asked jeffrey (laughs) to review the spike lee documentary called bad 25 now Um, i I forget because this is more and more each week we're learning about like you know, I've got I've got things lined up now. I've got things upon things. I've got things that react to Bad 25. I've got things that react to Meet Me in the Bathroom. I've got things from weeks ago. I've got new things. It's really fun and crazy. But I, can't I like remember. having threads. Yeah, I like, threads I like are fun, right? And I've got a lovely little thread lined up for you after this. Interesting, interesting. But we jump into the end. And we're eight minutes in and we haven't even started on the meat. Let's, the plant-based let's, meat. Let's review. <laughs> let's get into the thing. I can't remember if you had this lined up or if you were reacting to me uh giving you a doc because this is another music doc special and yep. uh i have a huge huge love in my heart for music docs let's start talking about since it was brought up first meet me in the bathroom um this documentary and it's actually really interestingly it's based on um a book an oral history of that time this mofo is chunky af this is such a huge book and i was so happy to to buy it and it's sitting there just waiting to be read but it's always just like wow but it's just too big and then so when they came out with the documentary i thought oh that's fun that'll be a nice 90 minutes to feel like i get the vibe i'm still very much planning on devouring this book but by the way yes closer to two hours than 90 minutes do you just reckon saying. was i actually what do you reckon mean i reckon <laughs> I <knew you> <laughs> my subjective fact about the length of the documentary <laughs> do you reckon though i don't know i feel like you're out here counting the credits runtime during which you could have just been living your life but appreciate you nonetheless how did you find it tell us about your experience so, initial reaction jeff was holy shit we are old yeah um, man. this is 20 oh, years that. ago nah, 20 years ago this stuff was happening oh i hate this podcast so much fuck all of this <laughs> <laughs> but then i think about how old i was at the time and i was like how was I even old enough to know that this stuff was yeah. happening? But yeah. I feel like I knew that this stuff was happening. I mean, yes. you would have been 12. I would have been 13 yes. when the year 2000 happened. Yet I feel like it's embedded in everything that I know yeah. and grew up with and stuff yeah. like that. Probably because I did. Um, exactly right. But I don't know where to start with this mm. documentary. Oh, okay. There's um, many places you could start. I like I like just the, the aging thing is so true. Good start. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's very much just 
footage of the time. Yeah. There's not a lot of... I don't think there's a lot of talking heads from now. They're all very no. much sort of interviews from around the time. There's some sort of narration over the top of it. Mm. Well, um, interestingly, but- I think I think there is talking heads. They just This is always the, 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 the interesting thing about any music doc, in my opinion, is how do you do with the talking heads? And then what I think they did, I, I'm not actually sure. This is from watching it, not doing any mm. additional research. But I think they just recorded interviews... And yeah, just, and played it over the top exactly. of, of images and stuff that we were seeing yeah. from the time. Um, what I, what I liked, I, I don't know how to say it. Mm. Um, you you were you were grilling me about sitcom A's and B stories. Yes, I was um, grilling. And what what I loved about this was that there was an A story, a B story, a C story, and a D story. So they sort of were taking you on the journey of the Strokes, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, LCD Sound System. Yeah. Ah, the the funny duo with the funny name that I can't remember, but she just oh up like an yeah, um, Kimia Dawson, <laughs> the Mouldy Peaches, the Mouldy Peaches, and stuff like that. And they were sort of taking you on this journey, but then they would jump between them all at very at, at those various times. So it's very much a chronological documentary, <laughs> but you're jumping from different stories, and they sort of interweave and interlink Mm. as they're all sort of thriving in this up-and-coming music scene in New York Mm. because they were looking at the TV and seeing the likes of Limp Bizkit and Mm. all that sort of new metal rap stuff and going, we don't fit in with this. Mm. Um, So it's very much... It's weird because it's Mm. it's kind of punk but new punk but no one's ever called it punk. Yeah, yeah. In my my sort of... I like that, yeah. The way I try and slot music into my brain Mm. in a sort of thing was that they were doing a very punky thing yes but it was very much more probably articulated music it was probably the musicianship was slightly better not that much better but in some cases it was (laughs) yeah Yeah, a bit more sophisticated (laughs) in parts yeah yeah and it it sort of just yeah it was it was really interesting to see Mm. i'm I'm trying to think of of notes that i've made is i've said it's like a it's like one of those radio six documentaries that you hear on a sunday afternoon but with pictures Wow. And that's what I very much liked about it. Yeah. It was like I had Radio 6 on and they were telling me about some artists I've never really heard about and going into mm. detail and interviewing them and getting all these snippets from their history. But it was like, oh, they've stuck it on a big screen and I can see it all. Mm, mm. Um, I really related to the story about Interpol. Who oh, how cool. Were the, okay, great. Which, which, which were these people that were seeing this really cool music scene kick off, yeah. wanted to be a part of it, yeah. but they weren't quite a part of it. <laughs> wasn't making it happen. It, and it just wasn't happening yeah. for them. The Strokes broke. They were touring England and Interpol were like, we'll go tour England. And it didn't go that well. <laughs> like no one turned yeah. up to their shows. They turned up into uni towns during the holidays when no one was there to see the music. Yeah. And it was just kind of very strange like that. But then luckily something did break for them. I wish I found out what it actually was. They sort of went back to the US and just suddenly got an album deal. And yeah. then it kind of sort of worked for them. Um that's but yeah, there was just so there was just there were so there were so many stories and snippets. So that I don't know how stories. to really sum it sum it up. But it was yeah. it was a delightful documentary to watch. Hey, Made me feel very cool. old. Felt yes. like I learned a lot about bands that I've never really listened to them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I feel like a Fever to Tell by the AAS is an album that was one of the first albums on my iPod, but I probably never listened to it. But just when yeah. we, me and you were sharing music, for example. Yes. I've never been a massive Strokes guy, but yeah. I like the Strokes. Yeah. And most importantly, there we go. Okay. Most importantly. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. We almost already talked about this on FaceTime. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to talk about it, but... You're going to have to talk about it. Um, As referred to earlier. And I'm, this is going to be a curveball because it's not going to be what you actually want to say. Oh, is it? Is. Okay. What? Why did interviewers back in the 2000s ask the most stupid fucking questions? I mean, a few bands? of them... I think that's, that's, such, a, that's such a good um, tradition in music documentaries in general it's that with time and space find the really stupid question well, that someone's asked them and then get their reactions of going oh, oh, did, well, oh is this specifically oh. referring to i think uh the strokes had a few of those right 
That yes. was just so cringy. It was just, oh, God, why are you asking them that? To be fair, the strokes, to me, are super enjoyably bad at those two. So it's a mixture of the bad questions <laughs> and then being bad at just rolling with the punches back in the day, too, um, yeah. which is just great. It's To me, it's such a, a great uh, contradiction of how like confident they come off and how super successful so early. And then they're just horrid at interviews. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I do think that's such a tradition. If you look at any artist who's uh, established now and go back to their early days, there's going to be these interviews where you're like, what's going on? Like, the whole vibe here is off and weird and funny questions. But yeah, um, did you did you throw the curveball when I was just super knowing what you were going to talk about? Or Yeah, and then I looked up in my notes and saw something else. Oh, okay. so, the, so I didn't write many notes up until a point. The first note I wrote was interviewers asked the most stupid questions because I didn't want to forget. I mean, I'm liking your notes. They're making some good... This is good and, stuff. You don't have to go too too and, crazy. And my next note yes. immediately after this is, wait, is yes. Ryan Adams breaking up the strokes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The elephant in the room, which is... You and know. is this the point when you went, I'm going to make Chris watch this? No, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Cause it every... is, isn't it? And I'm sad because I really enjoyed the documentary up until this point when I suddenly just felt like it was forced down my throat. <laughs> no, I swear to God, I have been very amused that he showed up like he did. Because I've heard this famously. How did he allow himself Listen. in this movie? Is I, another you, thing. Because he surely... doesn't come off in the best light, right? Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm just kind of like, surely... He the must have had is, a say to feature. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how, right? Unless he doesn't have rights to the footage that they've got. I, I don't think he comes off super, super badly either. I think it's a no, weird story. Just, just trying to get the guitarist on heroin and get him <laughs> to a point where he's incapacitated and can't be a part of the strokes anymore and the fact that they almost then don't even exist. This guitarist who was struggling <laughs> to get songs listened to by Julian Casablanca yeah. so that... And because Julia Casablanca had this sort of creative hold over the Strokes is what I was yes. reading into this documentary. Who's right. the, he's the lead singer of the Strokes. Yeah. Um, the one who screams last night. Yeah. Um, and then the guitarist goes, I wrote this one song and he didn't like it. But then Ryan Adams came up to me and was like, I, he likes my songs. I'll hear my songs. And then suddenly him and Ryan Adams are best friends and they're doing drugs and he discovers drugs because of Ryan Adams. And then suddenly the Strokes might not exist. And the next thing you know, there's a 24 hour MTV show going on hosted Courtney by Love. Courtney Love. And the Strokes and Ryan Adams are all just smashed out of their faces on the live TV. I never knew this happened. Neither did I. And, and, and like just like passed out in the bed together. And everyone's yeah. like, what the fuck's happening on TV right Right now yeah. it was a lot Jeff it was, it was such a lot, a lot. And then at I this feel... point in the documentary I was like can we just go back to the nice story about I bands know. finding themselves <laughs> it's and... actually if the listener wants to relate to this it's like you're watching a documentary about something like a bit tangential to your interest but then like super involving your interest and it's carrying you along and you're getting super into it and then suddenly like your favourite person ever just starts getting absolutely hammered in it and you're like wait <laughs> what and it's like a five minute side story and then they're back to their main stuff listen and it was kind of it was kind of like to be honest and I understand exactly why they did it but you it do? was like when no 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 it was it was very similar to another point in the documentary ah. where they 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 cut in the twin towers and all that sort of stuff kick, go, kicking off in 2000 and 2001 or whatever it was right because obviously these are new york bands that grew up in new york mm. and then immediately you're like oh, i you know they they they're showing this horrible tragedy happening and how it mm. impacted all the bands and stuff like that but you're yeah. like i feel uncomfortable can we go back to the nice story oh yeah bands? yeah so like yeah. even yeah. Even they were doing shows afterwards. Yeah, even I didn't think of, like, I was totally like, wait, why is this? Oh, yeah, this was so, uh, you know, 
you're talking about how this was happening during our childhoods. I mean, yeah. you probably remember this uh, as a shadow over a lot of our childhoods and our listeners can relate, I bet. But yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's like fun. and But like, hey, even some of the success stuff, like the LCD sound system stuff got pretty dark too. Great story as well. Such man. a good story. Such a great story. Man. Dude, dude. I think um, similarly to like, you know, when we do the listening to an album thing and it's like, oh, you cherry pick the songs. For me, this was just this like this dizzying thing of like, Oh, I'm into that story. I'm into this story. Wait, no, go back to the other yeah, story. Yeah, and, and but I liked that it kept jumping between the t- all of yes, them. Yes. So yes. that they never dwelled on one and stuff like that. And the yeah, yeah, yeah story is brilliant as well. Oh, how like Karen they, they show Karen O just being like this really quiet singer songwriter to start with, but then yeah. just met a guy. Yeah. And then suddenly it just opened up. Yeah. This whole new world of music that she can create. Yeah. Which no. I thought was, which was and great. and it reinforced this thing I always think with like a lot of these music uh, docs, which is just like how much like comes to like chance like two people yeah. just me and it's a big thing and then their whole lives are defined by this weird little one thing that happened in their youth and this connection they made that's always just blows my mind and the whole reactionary thing you were talking about with all these bands looking at like limp biscuit stuff and that being sort of yeah quite a punk reaction that reminds me of like nirvana and the grunge movement looking at the hair metal stuff like th- this seems to be a pattern that does repeat um and it's just about people trying to find their thing yeah and that, that's all it is to, yeah so what's the mainstream and cool and everyone's done with it let's let's try something new i yeah. do love that that pattern repeats but then in quite a small space of time really and again i felt your thing of like god i'm so old that this like small time capsule this keeps happening but like you've got the really young youthful exuberant vibrant oh we're starting we're starting and then a few years everyone's jaded and fucked over and it's like yeah. it just happens it's the same happens. stories it's they the happen over and over again <laughs> it's quite um heartbreaking yeah. but like comforting in a way that everyone's just going to go through the same yeah. stuff there's, there's um, that there's that awkward moment where the strokes are like we don't want to be yeah the 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 um i don't know they don't want to be the Coldplay. They don't want right. to be the, the the mainstream. They don't want to be all of this. Yet and then they find themselves doing a $2 bill special on MTV yeah, of a live yeah, show. Yeah. And then they find themselves just stood there in front of this crowd being told to perform. Yeah. And they're just like, wait, this was exactly what we didn't want to be. This is what we saw yeah. three or four years ago from the bands we didn't yeah. like. And then it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just funny. But then yeah. it's, it's, it's how it's, I guess it's understanding that and knowing how to embrace it is what probably mm. sets people off. Mm, Different, uh, differently i don't know yeah true yeah i think also a lot of um, being able to say no if they don't want to do it being able to say no you know self-knowledge having a really good unit where there's good communication there's so many bits to it isn't it i mean speaking to the music doc we'll talk about later with michael jackson i also feel like as a music fan watching people break later in life always seems to yeah. be a good thing for them getting yeah. any kind of youthful success just does seem to be a hard thing for people to roll with it's funny though with the moldy peaches and the playing in flats and like little yeah. open mic stuff i do remember how much i've watched that two dollar bill mtv concert so many times right and it was just funny coming from the diy aesthetics of the earlier in the dock suddenly when they're doing it it does seem like really garish and a lot and like why yeah. guys why are you doing this this isn't your vibe um mm. but like it's just what you should do if you're successful like there's no reason not to but um yeah, there's so many. I, dude, I really wanted to know one specific part of the story. I'm glad you were just saying you enjoyed it at all, right? But the on one specific front, the LCD sound system story, just of yep. him going from Mr. Producer, a bit too much, yep. a bit too hands-on, a bit too whatever, with um, who are they called? The Rapture. Um, yep. And then to finding his own sound. And then after all these years, his partner didn't actually like it and was like, you shouldn't put this out. I think it was for the, the first breakthrough single, Daft Punk are playing at my house. Then he does his mm. first gig. And all this stuff of him just discovering his voice. What did you think of that story in isolation? Like, fascinating great. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it was fascinating stuff. His story's great. It's, it's just, it was... He 
he, he, he was going around trying to produce bands for ages, didn't work out. Mm. Then some crazy Irish DJ turned up and did some stuff weird. with him. Yeah. They then saw, He then realised that he wanted to create this label to produce sort of stuff that he liked. And then he proper forced his sound onto a band, the band Rapture, which I mm. thought was really interesting. Wasn't it? Because I, I, I sort of likened it to sort of me telling you how to mm. do your songs yeah, and stuff right? like that. Yeah. You go, and I've got this idea, and I'm like, yeah, but if you just do it like that, Jeff. <laughs> and you're like, no. <laughs> um, but then it's funny how The Rapture then embraced that, yep. but then their album never got released because they couldn't find a distributor for 18 months or whatever, so right. they left the, his sort of label thing. Mm. And then he sort of left, felt lost, got really angry, and then just started just doing his own thing and then created LCD Sound System, which I feel... Is a band yep. I've heard of, yes. probably listened to on Radio 6 without knowing that I've listened to right. them on Radio 6, like right. a lot of things on Radio 6. Yes. And Radio 6 is getting a lot of shout outs today. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's something that I guess is something that I want to discover. I kind of want to go back and watch this again, to be honest. No, I hear and, you. And, yeah. and then and sort of listen to some of these bands now. It'll be mm. interesting to see what they sound like then and now, which is something yeah. that we say a lot when we talk about music. Yes. Um, I think that's the master still going. There's two other points I want to bring up as Please. well. Please. I, <laughs> it was hard Okay. being a Metallica fan. Oh, wow. Here we go. Watching Interpol's reaction to Napster. <laughs> oh, what, what was it? I can't remember. So Interpol's oh, reaction were... to Napster yes, was like, yes, oh my God, our album's been leaked. What are we going to do? This, that, and the other. Yeah. Then they went, fuck it. Loads of people are listening to our music. Let's just yeah. go fucking tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Metallica's reaction to Napster was, fuck you guys, you're stealing my shit. I know yes. we're rich, but we're still going to fuck you guys anyway. Yeah, so man. it's just two different two different ways of embracing it. And the final thing Fantastic I want to say point. is, I have no idea yeah. whether the song Maps by Yeah Yeah Yeahs has a music video or what that music video looks like. Okay. However, I mean, the you... one shot of Karen O at the That's... end, yeah. is that the music video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Dude, enough. how fucking it's, compelling is that shit? It's, it's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, it's great. So I need to go and just double check. I meant to check if that was the music video or not, but yeah. I wasn't sure. Either way, it was a great sort of shot. Yeah, the thing the documentary. is, even I, I remember it being on MTV. I think we've had such a strong MTV2 phase. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, here in the UK, that was like, for me, that was that and the Kerrang! channel for a while were like just everything. It's so funny, even even that, how old that makes me sound. But like, those are like such big portals for music discovery. And I remember yeah. that video would be on quite a lot. And I almost found it a bit too much at the time. It was a bit too yeah. open and vulnerable and un- emotional for me. It's just like, yeah, I just want to rock out and be... <laughs> like macho or something not even that wasn't really my vibe it's at all, very like, they're very much Sinead O'Connor vibes yeah it is yeah. Sinead O'Connor just looking at the camera just open faced no hiding and yeah it's really funny but what how... I think is great is that you know that there's almost a band backing yes, lights totally. and the whole thing behind her yes. in this shot yeah but it's just one shot close up with her and she's slightly off center and you can see the mic in her hand and stuff like that and you yeah. can see all the lights of everything that would be going on behind her but she's just staying very still and just yeah. filming the song and i i that juxt- juxtaposition words oh, that we use crazy um I just, I just thought it was great yeah so, no it's i think i think the camera does yeah, like, I, I just found myself staring at the whole thing going, oh, i love it um, that's yeah. really cool to hear because I, I i think the music video does start with like panning across like almost like a yeah. school disco kind of crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. um almost sadly empty well, it's vibe. interesting that they just played that whole video then at the end of the documentary dude so also, this was yeah. so in isolation a great music video a great song but I, I i watched this in the cinema shout out to the picture house central another fantastic place to go watch movies and i was like so struck by it i was like oh wow i feel like i've seen this before and mm. then suddenly like a tear drops from her face and i'm like i must have seen this music video 
at least a dozen times before. I've never, I've yeah. never like, it's never like gut punched me how much that tear dropping from her eye was like crazy. Dude, you've got a lot of work on the show notes today. Just, <laughs> yes. just putting it out there already. Yes. Oh, wait, do you <laughs> think Let, I'm... Let's ramble more links is all uh, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm even, I'm even shouting out the picture house central. You're thinking, did you immediately see me finding the link for the picture house central? Yeah? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just thinking we, we said a lot. There's a lot. The in maps, a very the short maps, space time. Dude, I've been talking very quickly. I need to start yeah. highlighting some show notes are specifically for you. Like chicken shop date featuring Matt Healy from last They're week. They're not That's for me, for you. Jeff. You don't that one is me. for you. No. What, that, yes. And maps this week will be for you i will say but i just watched it <laughs> that's true that's true you have actually watched it so, so the song was maps by the aas that's just, yeah just, and just they finish in case on it. Was thinking and i yeah i really love the idea i just uh to, to capstone what you were saying about like i'd love to to rewatch it um at the very least the first thing i did and i feel like i have like a a, a bit more awareness of some of these bands like i especially the strokes i'm a super fan but like a few mm. of these bands i know like an album or two or something like that mm. but i finished the doc going like i barely knew that scene right yeah and so my yeah. first thing was let me just find as opposed to what i will do sometimes and overly research and get a bit i just did like the most dinky um, playlist <laughs> i did the, i found the most dinky like the official playlist where like every band got like one or two songs tops and so I just listened to that. Well, playlist like, for the doc. Yeah, and oh, which okay. which I will link to the show notes and send you. But like even like a band like TV on the radio seemed a bit interesting, but they got like two minutes airplay. In yeah, this, uh, that's true. There's a few yeah. that like didn't get quite enough. So um, yeah, that I think a playlist like that can be just as good as. Uh, and I feel like I didn't doc. realize how huge the Strokes got. I feel like I must yeah. have missed it, or I was just a child. Well, One you, of the two. I, sh- I mean? I just... if, if you're looking at the mainstream and the scene goes absolutely huge. The fact that you even know the strokes kind of shows how big they got. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to this day, they're going to headline um, All Points East at, at this summer. And it's kind of crazy because, like, they're one of these bands who, like, for the mo- for, in terms of how I see the mainstream appreciate them, it's still those first two albums. Yeah. It's crazy because I loved a lot of what's what's happened since. But, like, fair play to them for sticking together. They've got side projects. They've got this or that. Other people will be cynical and say they're sticking together for the money. But seeing a doc like that to me is like, listen, whatever's going on in their lives that I might not be able to know, there's friendships there. There are. And Ryan Adams almost ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I have some guesses for some scores. So I think you were like, listen, this sounds interesting. Um, Jeff lied to me about it being near an hour and a half, so I'm happy. I think we got a nice solid three. Now that I've heard you out, I think you might have actually been as high as a four, but I don't know. And I think this is easy money, a double fours for enjoyment and reflection. I feel like I'm becoming predictable. (laughs) (laughs) No, did I nail it? Three, four, four. Let's go. Fantastic. I, I was teetering... On oh, both those fours, to be honest. Oh, teetering to what? Because uh, at some point, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to give some first fives? What are we saying? No, no, no. I just, I don't know. I, I feel, I don't know. We've given. Maybe I, I came out of it. I watched it yesterday, so sure, I'm still, sure, it's sure. still fresh, fresh, which yeah, may, yeah. might make me think it's better than it is. But at the moment, three, four, four. Or, so. yeah, listen, that's 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 very interesting. Our, our, our after scores are always very interesting, depending on where in the week we place them. I think retrospect. Uh, we don't say after, Jeff. Yes, no, you're right. <laughs> Technical language, retrospect, before and juxtaposition as it's right. going on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, Jeffrey. Here we go. I feel this is one where I feel like <laughs> you know, I want to hand you the mic, mate. What are we talking about? This is your this is your guy. I looked at. I actually listened to Bad today. We're going to review yeah. Bad Twenty Five by Spike Lee now. Documentary about Michael Jackson's Bad album. Um, it came out in uh, August of nineteen eighty seven, so like weeks before you were born. 
This is yeah. your album. This is your era. This, this is, is my, your. This is my baby. This is your so everything. Just, just for a bit of uh, Christopher Anus's history, please, just very quickly. So people need it. I, I, I have gone through crazy periods of my life becoming mm. re-obsessed with Michael Jackson at multiple points. This periods. is interesting. Yes. Tell so, us about it. so there was OG period where we had tapes and CDs and we'd listen to it and stuff like that. Then, then there was when. I got regular access to the internet and I found forums of clips of different sort of shows from different tours and stuff like that. And I got yeah. mad into it again because I was like, I've just found all of this new crazy Michael Jackson content that I've never seen before. Because right. prior to that, I had one tape that was taped off the telly of a dangerous concert in 1992. Yes. And that was my only like live Michael Jackson thing. Other than going to see him on the history tour in 1997, wow. I think, at Wembley crazy Stadium. Crazy, brother. Then... When I was back in those forum days, Jeff, and looking for content and stuff like that, all the all the all the fans were crying out for was please give us the taped this is to like Michael Jackson Estate or whatever, just give release the bad tour was all they were crying out for. Because whether people care or don't care, as he got older he mimed more at his concerts. Which was a thing. But the majority of the bad tour and majority of the dangerous tour was all sung live. So and there was, I think it gave everyone an appreciation for actually as a live singer, he was still fucking incredible, right. which is what I thought. And then 2012 rolls around and the oh. news drops that there's a bad 25 documentary and that they're releasing the 1988 Wembley Stadium gig mm. as a as a as like a live DVD mm. and stuff like that. And then my fandom went fucking ballistic and wild again. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just... I, as 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 I've got older, more and more stuff drops, and I get more and more excited because there's just a lot of sort of history yeah. and sort of mythologic mythology. I can't mythology talk. mythology yeah. around what he did, his tours, and some of the stuff that you know it wasn't easily accessible at the time. But now right. we get more and more content as we get older, and he's got he apparently he recorded every single one of his shows and kept it in a vault somewhere and stuff oh, like right. that. So there there are all of this. There is all of this stuff out there pretty much probably like the prince vault that everyone says yeah, yeah, exists yeah. and that no one the famous archives yeah yeah so watching this documentary having that album relate the the live dvd release and stuff like that i went absolutely crazy mm. 2012 that's still like yeah. 10 years ago exactly. Jeff, mental. So mad. So um mad. so yeah and what i find fascinating about this documentary is that no, there isn't a thriller documentary there isn't a, another dangerous documentary or anything like that the reason bad's fascinating is because it's off the back of thriller and the pressure he put on himself. He won a bajillion Grammys for Thriller and all this sort of stuff. And all, all he wanted to do was top it. Mm. And then the documentary effectively starts. And then you just see song by song how each song's created and all that sort of stuff. So, Jeffrey, that's yeah. my review. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> the funny thing is, that was all off the top of your dome. I think you said it was a shame you didn't actually get to rewatch it this week specifically. So, nope. like, you haven't even... That's, that's fantastic. Cause, yeah, yeah. As, as as we try to, to work uh, the dynamics of this out, um, I, I caught Meet Me in the Bathroom like a month ago, so it's still like, it's not yeah. fresh, fresh, but it's still there. Whereas you haven't watched this for years, and this is, but you're going to remember, oh, is it I not years? I think I watched a chunk of it a year ago. Nice, nice. Or whenever I was trying to get you to watch it at that time. Ah, yeah. That Hence, was... the opening 30 seconds, I now get to force things upon you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's a question, because I feel like a lot of us can relate. I think you described it so well. The the Some of our favourite stuff, I do it with the, the writing of Jack Kerouac or occasionally occasionally with the music of Bob Dylan. Like, you, just, you go dormant and then you come back and, like, you're just ready to, like, do all go the again. classic yeah. stuff. Go again, yeah. It's such an interesting one. So when, when you are going through a more dormant period... Um, 
Yeah, just just like so all you need is the spark, and then suddenly you're you're back in. But like even when yeah. you're out a bit, you'll still listen to a song here or there or something. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I just think that's a great uh, observation that we can all relate to. Now, in terms of me with Michael Jack, this is such a funny one, right? Where like this is your guy, this is your guy, this is your guy. We've done Moonwalker. This isn't Moonwalker. <laughs> Sorry, about I can that. just I can <laughs> I can just say from the off, I enjoyed this a lot more than Moonwalker. I found it as a as a you know music documentary guy. This was a freaking great music documentary. Um, immediately, Spike Lee's good, right? Spike Lee's great. It went very the other way from. Um, Meet me in the bathroom in the sense of like it's non-stop talking heads but yeah. as um i listened to a qtv art, um, interview with spike lee talking about it and he was very um passionate about how like this is people who knew mike they were they trusted me they wouldn't of talk course to just about... you did research <laughs> <laughs> of course they listen spike lee's a fantastic i'll listen to spike lee talking about anything he's the man um and he's like this is a very like now compared to 10 years ago much more so sadly but um even then it was a little bit of a sticky situation to be an out there Michael Jackson mm. fan. And he's just unabashedly talking about how much he loves him and stuff like that. And how fascinated he is by him. And the, he, he really goes hard for like, I am the questioner. I am curious. I want to know everything. I'm so interested in the creative process. And I think that's why he made such a, a great film about all of that. And yeah, I mean, mm. if, if, you know, if the win of meet me in the bathroom is that you sounded genuinely interested to listen to that playlist, the win of mm. um, bad 25 is that I listened to bad 25 and I had a great time. And suddenly um, every, every song getting a bit of airtime was great. I mean, one weird thing it made me realize about Michael Jackson is how, um, again, the sad thing of like how, how finite a little time they have the window that he had. I think if I re heard this right, the bad tour was like his only solo U US tour ever. But like a full album. Yeah. Yes. What's... Yes. No, because yeah, because no, he toured Thriller with his with his brothers. Right. Right. Yeah, Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, and when you think of stuff like that, like you've done off the wall, you've done Thriller, you've done bad. You're the king of the pop world. You've got. Yeah forever to go and that's kind this is kind of where spike says people are wrong that he didn't make any good music after or whatever but like in terms yeah. of like that i think it's fair to say that's near enough his peak and that afterwards yeah. there's a lot more stuff that just eats into his life and his music i mean he effectively only toured right. solo three times so he did bad he did dangerous he did history and then he was gonna come back yeah and do london the, the one oh, that never happened right. the one that never happened. Uh, um but yeah so that that's why i don't know that's why we we sort of us fanboys out here went mm. crazy when we were like we want more content give, yeah, us, yeah, give yeah. us the tours give us the give us the and stuff to cause... this day i still remember being in christopher Anderson's room and him putting on <laughs> those concerts <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> let your own imagination do what it needs to do there but no you you played it from back in the day and i always remember being fascinated by it. i actually came up in my notes with a way of articulating why he's obviously fascinating and amazing but i think some part of me has always found it a bit tricky to to connect as as in like in undeniably intriguing and interesting as he is um mm. he is the one of the most alien guys in two different respects both his talent and his level of celebrity right yeah. in terms of the way he can perform it's like nothing you've ever seen but also in terms of the level of celebrity that he also got from a crazy young age that did a number on him psychologically, like it just must yeah. have, right? Bless his heart and soul. Um, so like, it's just, you're, you are looking at like a guy who's not like a guy, right? There's this really funny bit where they're talking about the filming of the, the, uh, the bad video. Um, and, 
you know, Martin Scorsese and Spike Lee just chatting about it and having a whale of a time is fantastic. Spike Lee asking about Martin if he knew about the crotch grabbing part of the dance and Martin just laughing like, nope, didn't really know what was going on there, but it worked with whatever he was doing. It was great. He just kept doing it. <laughs> That's one of my favorite bits. I could ju- I, th- listen, this is my problem with docs like these sometimes. And I feel the same about meet me in the bathroom. I'd be satisfied with just Spike and a few guys just talking and just play the long interviews. <laughs> What's all this editing about? Who needs it? Um, that's only half a joke. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a bit where like he's just walking down like they, they get these roads. It, it might have actually been for another one of the videos. Short films. Sorry, Michael. I know you like to call yeah. them short films. But there's this one where they're like on a skid row type place. And it's like... No, that's still bad. I think that's still bad. That is still bad. Okay. And he like goes to the director like, do people actually live here? And it's just like showing like... He probably didn't need no idea. To, he has no idea, man. He's just very, very insulated. And, you know, and not to say, this is the tricky thing, right? Is that, you know, later they tell these anecdotes about like all he wanted to do was be at a party and like he could just be himself and just look through the curtain and like not have to freak out. And he wore all these disguises and stuff. Not to say that it didn't come with its own associated pains and heartbreaks to be like, you know, over overly consumed by all of us and just attacked and maligned and you know, focused on 24-7. It had its own pains, sure, but, like, from the outside, it's just very easy to be like, all right, mate, with your mansions and your money, like, it's it's all right for you. But, like, bless him, like, there was a lot to relate to here. But my favourite part of it was, as interesting as the story is and you want to get into all of that, it's about the creative process. About It's about making yeah. this album, and I'm here for that all day. It's like, these days, that would manifest as, like, a special eight-part eight part podcast where it talks about each song individually and talks to everyone. And just... You, you got to say, by the end of it, you get to know some of these collaborators. Like, I found especially interesting, which I didn't really know about before, had no context to, but was so fun to listen to. It was, like, the dance choreographers. Yeah. Like, there was this guy, I think there's Jeffrey Dean and another guy, and they're talking about how, like, listen, he's too famous to go to the clubs. He's not going to know what's going to be happening on the scene or in current time. So I'm, like, his conduit to that. So I'm showing him this, I'm showing him that, and this is how he would work with it. This is what he would do. There's a really famous part of the bad uh, video a slight offshoot of the dance thing is this uh, breakdown bit where he starts just, yeah. you know, singing these one or two liners and everyone's sort of echoing him and like uh, a bit of like that canon sort of gospel vibe. And like, it's really funny how they point this out, um, how like people are sort of starting to lose track and they don't know fully yeah. what he's saying to, to echo him. And there's a lot of shamona and everyone's like, um, they're just making the noise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're losing track. Um, God, some of that stuff is just too interesting, mate. And um, even this, uh, even the minutia, right? Like, You'd probably remember better than me, but this guy, one of the producers, he explains in full how they do the clap noises. And they've got the regular <laughs> clap noises, and then a really slow down clap. And that's why he's like, hands down, we have the best clap noises ever in pop music or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, hard to argue when I was listening back today. Um, you can pick your favorites. I'm really um, curious what you think. Listening back, pure vibes. What really got me today was Dirty Diana. I was like, fuck it out. This song is it's just a banger. It's such a banger. It's such a banger. It's, yeah. my, it's one of my partner's favorites as well. Oh, really? That's, yeah, fun. That's, that's There are many MJ songs I can play, but that one can get played. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, damn right banger. Yeah, that is a damn... What? Yeah, go on. Go. I was just going to say, so, so, some of the interviews that I really enjoy listening to is... Um, don't know how to pronounce her name. I think it's Saeeda Garrett. Yep. Who talks oh, about how, how she sort of wrote Man in the Mirror and stuff like that and how they came up with that. But also how she almost basically got tricked into doing the duet for I Just Can't Stop Loving You yeah. as well. And just there are just some really nice Dude, little stories and anecdotes in there as well. This is similar to like you with the strokes, maybe yeah. vibe wise. Me with MJ where like I know some of the headlines and hits or whatever. Yeah. I didn't know this girl. I was like, yeah. Saida who? And then like she's singing and like they, sh- they showed the OG video of her yeah. having written Man on the, uh, Man in the Mirror. And I was like, this yeah. is crazy. Like, that is crazy. Um, yeah. 
to me, that's like very at this point, maybe because of the uh, history around the song. Now it's mm. like the most by numbers ever. Like we are going to write the hit of hits and it's whatever, but like seeing it had to start somewhere with a songwriter and, Oh yeah. mate, I really, I really liked her contributions. And then you, you see her um, listening back to it later, and she's like singing along with this backing vocal I hadn't even realized was there. Mm. And then today I was listening to Bad, and then I super noticed it because she was vibing <laughs> off it so much. I loved it. Um, yeah, there's oh mate, there's too many cool details here. But like the whole Prince versus Michael Jackson thing, the fact that yep. for some people that's a huge deal, and for other people that's not. I really like Questlove. They tried being to in the get doc. Prince to be uh, oh. Bad was meant to be a duet with Prince. That was How crazy is that? Um, yeah. Uh, one one guy had a, a quote. He was like, Michael influenced dancers, Prince influenced musicians. And I was like, that's a great quote, but I don't think it's fully fair to either guy. <laughs> no, it's um, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, dude, I didn't... Uh, I think I, I messaged you this. Kanye in this documentary was hilarious. He, he, he said this thing about, like, when I went to meet Michael, he, like, told me I had a good voice, and then I think I took it too seriously and recorded a whole album of me singing. And he laughs. He laughs at himself. It's a beautiful thing, <laughs> considering where we've gotten with that guy, who I used to love so much. The fact that he's lost that just really easygoing, self-deprecating. Oh, he's so great in this. I was uh, sad to see Chris Brown in it. Chris Brown is very famously super, super influenced mm. by him, but I just don't like him um <laughs> all the reasons um justin bieber was cute in it because you know it shows to this day um you know if there's any equivalent in terms of both the fame and talent i guess mm. justin bieber would be up there um yeah it was really and there's there's like there's, there's if i remember rightly there's like some crazy vocal coach yeah who yeah, yeah. who looks like a freaking 80s <laughs> rocker yeah. and you're like how how is he how is he michael jackson's vocal coach <laughs> how are they friends how did they meet i don't really know yeah but yeah, then he yeah. talks about how michael jackson actually has a regular speaking voice yeah but he I just do. prefers to sound up there yeah i think with the words or something like that yeah. i think he just wants and to sound up here yeah he's just like yeah that's it and he's got apparently his vocal range actually went from ridiculously freaking high to ridiculously freaking low yes but he just chose to sing at certain places and i think there's a song on the Invincible album that doesn't mm. get a lot of credit, oh, where he go. actually sings at a lower, he sings Does at a lower, um, a lower um, register, I guess is the word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just doesn't sound like him at all. It's very strange. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, in this um, Spike Lee interview where he's talking about it, he said um, he was once like, you know, coming out of the bathroom or something, and then this regular man goes, "Spike, how long are you going to take?" And he turns around, and it was Michael Jackson. He was like, he almost had a heart attack because it was just <laughs> a normal deep voice, and he laughs so much telling the story. It's fantastic. That's yeah, it's a really crazy thing. Apparently, he could sing in so many different registers, but that was what he um wanted. Um, Quincy Jones is really fascinating in this yes. doc too. Their relationship is crazy. I don't think there's any actual talking heads with Quincy Jones. They're all, I think they're all clips from the past. They're all clips from the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that because he died? I don't I, know. No, no. I think no. Quincy Jones is still around. Oh, it's still yeah. around today. Oh, yeah. Quincy Jones, mate. He's like on social media or something. He's he's still doing his thing. Maybe he just didn't get interviewed for this. He didn't like Smooth Criminal, which is one of my favorites. Yeah. Bro, how can he not like Smooth Criminal? I don't know if this is going to make you happy or annoyed, but I got a quickly shout out alien ant farm because that song yeah. got covered in a really major way in my kerrang days and i fell in love with it yeah. that baseline is fucking killer here's what i need from you right we got a bit go of time on. go on because i sent you this kanye clip of him talking about the whole annie thing yeah <laughs> um annie are you okay are you okay are you okay annie annie are you okay like it repeats a lot yeah, yeah. and apparently it's actually from the cpr models were all called yeah. Anne or annie and so he and did you get bit. taught to ask if they're okay. And you get taught to do. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I need from you. Without digging in just that one inch deeper, could you answer the question of what what's going on in that song at all? 
because I don't really. There's a smooth criminal. Is is Annie getting killed? And he's he's the smooth criminal. The connotations of uh, the song, I think, is what put Quincy Jones off. I think he didn't like the. I don't think. Yeah. He, I think he was even on the fence with the bad title. Mm. I think smooth criminal was in the running to be the album title. And he was like, no, can we not? He didn't really. And that's why he didn't like the song. I don't think it was for the musicianship and music. I think it was for you, some of the messaging. So, so you want me to tell you what the song's about? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know, some sort of murder in a hotel or something. Fantastic. <laughs> and with that said, um, you know I mean, what, 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 just going back, yeah. we, we acknowledged that some of the songs in the album aren't written by Michael Jackson, which yes. I find very interesting because I wish... I've never really done it, but I've never thought about, right, let's split the songs mm. and go, songs that weren't, songs that were, yes. where do they fit in terms of popularity and things like that? Yes. Um, but it, it's a fair fair play to Michael that he, he's not so overly precious that every song has to be written by him. He, he literally, yeah. he can just take a song like Man in the Mirror and then just push it to like the fucking stratosphere mm. in terms of how he does, delivers it and performs it or whatever. Yeah, one of the talking heads uh, did uh, speak to this really interestingly. He's like, Usually you get your your songwriters or yeah. your interpreters, right? And I, I think I find that a lot in um, uh, movie making too. You get your writer-directors or you're just directors, right? And I think a really good parallel, I think just off the top of my head, that kind of works is Martin Scorsese. Because Martin Scorsese yeah. will direct the shit out of something he's co-written, but he'll a lot of the times just be adapting. And direct I think, the shit out of the bad video as well. Yeah, he kind of did. Dude, that's a weird... I watched that too in full. Did you watch the whole video? Yes, I did, mate. What a fever... <laughs> What a fever dream of a video that is. I mean, it's a good time. I still can't believe Moonwalker exists when that sort of stuff is also going on. I don't fully get how Speed Demon was all um, was part of Moonwalker. because no, Don't go back to try and understand what Moonwalker is about, Jeff. <laughs> just, well, just, just take, I just asked what you thought of the 16 minutes, 17 Yeah, about 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Michael can low-key kind of act. Kind of. He had a good time, man. He can kind yeah. of act, but... You ain't um, bad. You ain't nothing. <laughs> like the, the writer was given the line, man. The writer was given a brief about like this song is all about like he is not bad. Okay, <laughs> everything is in the world is telling him. Wesley's. I'm sorry. A lot of it. Wesley I was. Snipes. Dude, I mean, the whole time the dance is going on, I'm like, Wesley Snipes, just punch him in the face, my guy. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> he can take him. Like, it's it's funny how, like, I thought he could act good, but he did remind me of like the most, um, like fragile delicate little flower in your class who if you saw them stand up for themselves you'd be like right on but you wouldn't be like you can take him you'd be like no man, like run away now <laughs> like it's like you didn't have like it's really funny because the whole bad thing does seem to be like a really like orchestrated pop move thing and like someone says i think spike says that he's every move is calculated whether it's dirty diana to go to the hard rockers or um yeah. i just can't stop lo- loving you to be like the ballads the whitney houston audience love whatever. a ballad but like in terms of the orchestrated like his whole thing in terms of pr and marketing was like hey people are coming at me for like not being connected enough to my roots or not being tough yeah. enough so here you go and it's really funny in 2023 that like the first i'd never actually really heard it heard it that the first lyric of this album let alone the lead single is your butt is mine i was like oh yeah. is that what he's actually saying that's yeah. crazy and then it's all about him being bad and tough and it's like bro like you are the most in- insanely talented singer musician performer but you ain't like you ain't tough for shit my guy <laughs> that's not what that's are you not, talking about that's you not what's the coming. movie he is <laughs> that's not him and coming. wesley by the end of it they're just like mate we're cool yeah the ending we're was cool. crazy <laughs> it was just they slapped yeah. down oh in in um the dock <laughs> in the dock they both laugh at this line wesley says of like what you are gonna do like you know you're gonna dance us to death it wasn't in the the video that yeah. i watched um yeah i know sad it got cut oh that's really sad that got cut that's really hilarious um 
listen, I, I, I kind of... The thing is, you know what's really crazy, though? Tell me. Just just to show you how my mind works. Mm. I've obviously seen the bad video a, baj- a bajillion times. Yes. I've seen all of them a bajillion times or whatever. Yes. When a doc like this comes out and I see little snippets like that, I'm yeah. like, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah, Oh, my yeah, God, my yeah. mind's just blown. Dude, I have a really <laughs> funny example of this. That I, I, I must have DM'd you on Twitter occasionally. Yeah. Um, dear listener, I will... Direct message our fellow co-host Christopher Anusis on Twitter. There was like a Simpsons outtake that never made it to the show of like an episode I knew so well, but I hadn't seen that bit. I was like, "What the fuck?" So it's like, yeah, I love yeah. when uh, stuff like that happens. Um, dude, some of the stuff like the boner for Cheryl Crow, the whole crew laughing about whether he's getting a boner for her or not when they're doing the the uh, the duets. Um, yeah, Michael and Quincy being a match made in heaven. Yeah, I do you not need that. to give any context as to why oh, Cheryl yeah. Crow just popped up on this <laughs> so, on this conversation? What was her deal? She- did she? Who did she take over for? So she, she, Cheryl Crow was the touring on the bad tour singer. as as a backup singer, as as a backing singer, not a backup singer, but yeah. she was in the backing and singing she did the group duet. there. And then when I just can't stop loving you came on, she was in the duet for that. She came out and performed that with him, right, on the bad tour. <laughs> Saida Garrett came back for the dangerous tour. And okay, to Saida Garrett, I'm glad you came back for the dangerous tour because she explains in the doc that like when she got the you know let alone writing credit for man in the mirror but also the song credit she was very yeah. like i need to get my own album out and not go on the tour which watching yeah. the documentary i'm like is that the worst decision in popular music history <laughs> um so i'm glad to hear that she feel came up back. every every night <laughs> yeah exactly i mean just being on that tour must have been the most amazing thing ever one of the like a weird smaller thing one of the most uh, like striking things about this doc is there's this weird video where he does the facial expressions of the raisins that he wants in one of his videos. It's like a minute and a half long. And he's so expressive and it's so weird and it's so kind of cool and it's so it odd. Is, it is weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's just The like whole ha- racing bit is like a trippy bit in this documentary for me. Yeah. So there's... Uh, are they Pepsi raisins or are they no it's, so it's, he gets asked to do an advert or so he has to like take one of the bad songs change the lyrics for some basically some raisin snack for kids yeah, yeah. So he's getting paid a lot of money for it Yeah, but in, a, in the very Jacko way he's very explicit in exactly what he wants the advert to be like what yes. he wants the raisins to look like he wants all the different characters the raisins and all this other crazy stuff but yeah there's 90 minutes of him just doing expressions and filming it and I imagine a mm. lot of what Michael Jackson did as part of a creative process was either audio bits or videos where he just sends it to people and goes this is yeah, what I want to make it I actually, happen I actually noted it they called it something as if it was like something really typical a video creative brief so I think he was doing yeah. this for a lot of stuff and one thing like listen I can be talking about how because, like, because he can't just keep going everywhere and meeting all these people <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that totally <laughs> totally and the thing that I think um, it's so obvious but like what this film really really rams home is like whether you're like the king of pop or like a really famous movie star who's being in a lot of movies but like using Michael as our example here you can really take for granted how okay he's a millionaire this and that but like he worked so fucking hard his work ethic seems crazy yeah. so like for every tune he's recording all the track the backing vocals tracks the high ones the low ones the this the that the video uh, concepts and just um yeah they basically it- look what what I found fascinating mm. sorry to jump in again no please is- is that they recorded basically the entire album mm. already mm. in a different room. So he had like a different sort of studio that he went to with like a different band and stuff like mm. that and basically mm. laid down all the tracks for the entire album. Mm. And there's like a guy who helped sort of, I don't know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Arrange it all yes, and stuff right. like that. Yeah, yeah. And then they take it to Quincy Jones and the Magic Studio and do all of it again. And that's what I found quite fascinating I was like oh shit they literally just went and thrashed it out and it was almost like a band going away yeah um, pretty much like Interpol did yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah, great um, just going away 
making it all happen, putting all his ideas and stuff like that. He'd probably already demoed them before that as well. And yeah. then... Yeah, so some they, of the producers talk yeah. about, like, his demos were crazy. This is for, yeah. for other people, a demo, a Michael Jackson demo would have more than sufficed in terms of, like, audio quality and everything else. Yeah, so yeah. There's so many parts of it that you're just, wow, that's that's a lot. They built a whole studio for him, which isn't super surprising, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few Quincy Jones quotes that really got me, like, uh, you can't polish a doo-doo was one of his favorites, apparently. But leave space for God to walk through the door is a really nice one for an artist to think. Um, mm. There's, yeah... Uh, uh, another producer said i'm a great believer in sonic fan- fantasy not sonic reality he actually explained what he meant and i still don't fully understand it but i wrote it down <laughs> um yeah uh there's i don't know there's a lot of um oh there's a really nice tidbit about like uh the way this is me as a, a side fan of mj right i don't know how to say mm. it. casual let's call me an mj casual um this is the thing you probably envy in me where because his hits are as known as any song in popular recorded music history sometimes i'm listening i'm like oh i don't know this because i'm listening to the full album it's like for me there's probably dozens if not hundreds of michael jackson songs i still don't know because i just kind of know the most surface stuff so another part of me i feel like i didn't really know that one um and they just talked about it banger it is a banger. It was good, man. Um, and I like how the producers explain in the film the litmus test um, is what gets Michael Jackson dancing. And that's why they yeah. went for that song. So I really appreciated that one. Oh, Questlove. This is really interesting in terms of music history because I bet like there's different ways to look at it and see how it's come since then. He calls it Black Pop Music's first stadium album. That he can hear when yes. he listens to it that it was like designed with that sort of thing in mind, which is just crazy because I, th- I feel like we take for granted how things can happen in stadiums these days. Whereas back in the day, a stadium like what the fuck do you need yeah. all that for? So I thought that was really interesting. Um, the smooth criminal lean is crazy, that whole thing, the Buster Keaton influence a little bit. Um, the fact that he did like oh, there's a whole sorry, there's a yeah. whole section where it shows. Um, oh, shit, on a Michael Jackson famous? episode, do not in- apologize when you interrupt. That is expected. No, that is fine. Th- there's a whole section in there which I think is great, and, and I'm I'm nervous it might be in this documentary or it might be in another one, where it, just, it shows. Um, I can't remember who the who's the dancer in the black and white movie singing in the rain stuff like that. Oh, um, Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. They they yeah. literally just show a load of Fred Astaire clips. Yeah. Followed by Jacko's interpretation of those Fred Astaire clips yeah. and, you, and you look at them and like I think it's around the smooth criminal, criminal bit as well they sort of show the movies that influenced him even like to the hat and the suit and all that sort of stuff like that mm. but there's, there's a whole yeah there's I like so, the little sort one of, of my fa- one of my favourite people in this film is this is the title and I wrote it down the archive yeah. manager of the Michael Jackson estate like wowie right? <laughs> and she has these little um, papers that he wrote he wrote a few notes uh, uh, similar to how he wrote yes. 100 million the number on lots of hotel rooms and his own home rooms as like that was his goal of records sold. But she um, had these notes he would write to himself about how he has to study every great musical dance and like mimic them and know them inside out and all this stuff. And that just goes to show like the work ethic and the, you know, how he saw himself in this like sort of legendary place. And he was like, comp- not, you know, it's not a competition, but everything is. Um, but like he was like, you know, working against them kind of thing. And yeah, I found that really, really interesting. Some of the things every now and again, you know, um, this weird alien performer, not like the most articulate just speaker about life. But every now and again, he comes up with just they, they had this interview with him and he's like, you know, uh, talking about how like the creativity actually has nothing to do with me. I'm just like here, like open to it. I'm like a door for it or whatever. And it's like I love when um 
I love when uh, an artist can be that humble about it because I feel like that's true and it's like removing your ego and just being letting stuff channel through you. I feel like he must have genuinely felt that a bit. Um, I, I'm glad you remembered the notes bit because that is a that's a that's really a point cool, everyone right? should know is that while people would say that Michael Jackson's one in a million, but he's sure. one in a million who still did the fucking work. Yeah, he did a lot of fucking. <laughs> he studied. Work. Yeah, he yeah. studied. He studied. He learned. He learned. He studied. Yeah, it's kind of like he didn't just take his five year old success for granted. He, he continued to push and push and push and push. Yeah. And then, is... yeah. And then, hey, though, it does make you think like whether it was like, you know, a family that he made in mm. his older years or the family he didn't have as a, in his younger years. But like some people get to have that weird kind of focus and ethic because mm. that's that's the only place they can be, you know, like part yeah. of the way that he was able to work that hard is actually kind of sad because it seems like he didn't really have a, a family. Time life. for anything else. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 But I got to say to, to wrap it up, the way that the film sort of ends, it goes from like the bad tour and finishing and it was a long tour, one of the most successful in history, all these records, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly it just cuts to everyone talking about finding out how he died. And it made me yeah. think of you sadly because you were at Glastonbury when he died and I remember calling you and that <laughs> feeling like a big deal to do as a friend and like just check on you. Um, and that's my memory of that news too. Uh, but every one of these people, and it was like a few funny ones, like his former bodyguard mm. and whatever, everyone mm. was like crying and really sad about it. And... Um, I guess at that time it was it was a more recent thing, but it was like as much as, um, you know, a very controversial figure and lots of stuff around him, blah, blah, blah. Like he clearly did have people he was connected to on a human level. So that's like mm. really sweet because sometimes I don't really know that about him. I feel like he was like the, the weird guy in his mansion locked yeah. away from people, but he clearly had relationships and people who cared about him and he cared about. So that's uh, really nice. And I like how the film ended on that. And then it basically ended on your famous Wembley performance uh the 1998 mm. of man in the mirror someone compared um his thing with man in the mirror to john lennon's with imagine in terms of after they mm. died tragically young that song sort of rose up really quickly to be like yeah an iconic like statement for him and i thought oh that's an interesting um comparison but uh yeah in general uh i think one Just point one final passing shot for me please is that if you like a spike lee documentary about michael jackson he has another one is all oh, i'm gonna say does he and it's, and was... this and it's set it's around off the wall so it's about it's about interviewing how he went from the jacksons to becoming a solo artist and wow. recording off the wall i, I mean sort of stuff. This and is... that that's that's just as to be honest for me I yeah. could, you could watch them back to back they're basically just more of the same but just from a different time period and different interpretation the interviews of the jacksons and stuff like that as well i mean it's like how fun. um martin scorsese in the last few years really made really cool documentaries about bob dylan like one of my favorite things yeah. in life is when the right filmmaker finds the right artist or musician to just be going yeah. in on making docs about them so fair play to spike lee finding his um muse for these kinds of films with michael jackson i do have to say that uh i think quincy jones made this point like there's a lot more to say and lots of different angles on Michael Jackson, his whole story, his mm. whole legacy. But in terms of like the wacko Jacko stuff that became very normalized as a way to talk about him, mm. I'm not denying that stuff or not, not looking at it, but you know, that's not what this film is about. And I just yeah. think it's really interesting. Quincy Jones has this uh, quote. It's like focusing on the cobwebs in the Sistine chapel. It's like, listen, <laughs> depend, depending on your part in the story, yeah. maybe those cobwebs are very important, you know, but like if you're the producer or the big fan, the music is some of the most amazing stuff dude the fact that i didn't even know from this the fact that the beatles pretty much didn't tour for the latter half of their 10-year run mm. is up there with the fact that he didn't tour thriller that's crazy to me that the, because you know whatever you want to say this is not but he did he, he did though because he did tour okay. and 
play those songs live. So um, just in the album release cycle version of touring, he didn't do it. No, because I'm trying to. Really that was a claim. That was a claim made. Yeah, yeah. That was a claim <laughs> made on the dock. No, so so I'm pretty sure it's a. There's a. I think it's called the Victory Tour oh, or okay. something along those lines. So there's a Jackson's album that came out as well around the same time as Off the Wall and Thriller and stuff like that. Because I think they're pretty close together. Mm. No, they're not. They're probably not. Early 80s. But I think he did a final tour with the Jacksons. 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 <laughs> yes. And it was very much a load of Jacksons stuff. Yeah. And then I think he came out and did like Off the Wall Thriller stuff. Sort of gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, man. Uh, what an alien. Uh, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah. Yeah, back to the <laughs> So my guess is Jeffrey. Let's, yes. I, I can... I think this might be a first. Track. Oh, shit. Your guesses are locked in. Yep. I went with a two in anticipation. Ah. Then and I then... went with a three. Yeah. And then I went with a four. I basically Ooh. copied what you did last week. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wasn't well. sure. It's it's long. It's, yeah. it's a good two hours or so, if not more. I, I wasn't sure whether you would enjoy it or not. But I think in retrospect, you would have appreciated it. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually, I three, four, four it. It was, it was three, four, four. Do. I think it was, that's what you did for Mimi in the bathroom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it was, it was. Are, three. are we coming up with like new, just like ah, eh, three, four, four? It <laughs> like just proper casually. Yeah, listen, yeah. we're out here three, four, fouring it. Um, yeah, <laughs> listen. T-shirt. I think if you just given me some, you know, this is Moonwalker two or something, I'd have been like, fuck it up. But like, you you contextualize it nicely. I know. For me. I made my own mistakes again. <laughs> you contextualize it nicely for me. You uh, you had uh, Spike Lee. And the fact that I like to get in the weeds, and it really did. Yeah. Like, like it's funny. There's some good stuff in there. There's some really good stuff in there, and it's so funny how like I feel like a lot of the content we look at, well then this is like almost the next thing I'd look at. So like if you gave me bad, yeah. I would then have watched this. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like yeah. I really. But then instead I had to watch Spike Lee interviews and whatever. I'm so glad you noticed <laughs> the raisins bit because the Dude. raisins bit. It's always a point in that documentary, and I'm like the fuck's happening again yeah well and then i and then i suddenly go back into it and i'm like okay we're all right with that the thing is i'm not yeah it's it's it's, it's like the fact that it makes it's really weird and striking isn't like you know a shot at him or anything it's quite Mm. it's quite amazing what he can do with his face um (laughs) right but uh it's just it's just so weird um okay so listen we had scores um we had guesses we had all the things you know and love we're at an hour and five minutes listen we reviewed the shit out of those music documentaries we had a good time Good times I've had this week, but what is going to happen next week? Christopher, do you have something lined up for your boy? I do. Okay. It's another documentary. Oh, let's go. Okay. I'm sending you back to New York. Yeah. And I'm sending you back to the 80s in New York this time for another underground scene that I don't think you know anything about. Hey, but I feel lonely and lost and alone. What are we doing? You won't do because you're going to... Where's my mouse not working? I want to get this all right. Okay. So I am sending you to... A movie that came out in the 1990s. I like giving you like the date, the director before I actually drop it in. Um, the director is Jenny Livingston. Okay. Or Livingston. And the film is called Paris is Burning. Wow. I've heard of and this. I've never watched it. Wow. It's a chronicle, and I'm reading the blurb because <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it to you. Sure. So it's a chronicle of New York's dras- drag scene Ooh. in the 1980s, focusing on balls, voguing, and the ambitions and dreams of those who gave the era its warmth and vitality. So did rather... You s- did you say balls, comma, voguing? 
Yes, balls, comma, no game. You're going to learn what the balls are, Jeffrey. Oh, just clarifying again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> and these are fashion balls. They are runway balls. They are that sort of balls. Ah. Not, not the balls that they tape. Okay. Um, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so I've been wow. struggling yeah. for months. Yeah. How to, to get me to be more aware to of the drag culture, drag to, scene. To, 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 and I don't want to just throw Drag Race at you because actually this is a good documentary about the time. It's about another underground scene and it's so meet me in the bathroom. It's hilarious. Really? Oh, how funny. Because okay. it's all about New York and it's all about what's going on and it follows these individuals around and just and you just see stories of people just trying to figure out who they are, Jeff, and where they yep. fit in. And it's just beautiful in oh, that way. Okay. I need to watch it again and I probably will watch it again this week because I haven't watched it in a while. Yep. I think I've watched it once maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, but I want to be able to talk to you about it next Fantastic. week. So. And it's okay. only an hour and 11. Hour and 11. That's like, that's like, that's bordering on album time. Listen, what are we talking about? Okay. That's fantastic. And what's funny is that in the trailer, it starts 1987. And I'm just like, it's just a good year, Jeff. It's just when (laughs) shit, it's just when shit was happening. (laughs) Oh dear, that's fantastic. And it's got solid IMDb rating as well. Just as IMDb rating goes. How do you, how do you rank your IMDb ratings? Where's, where's a number that you... Ooh, um, or do you just you're like fuck ratings no 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 I'll, I mean I'll, I'll respect it and give it a look it's funny how you're still I, I like a good look at IMDB I've never fully been won over by Rotten Tomatoes yeah 7 and over is always good what are we saying it's 8.2 mate Ooh, it's 8.2 are out here well, let's, okay let's go from an 8.2 yeah. are out here to 0. Point, oh uh, dear <laughs> <laughs> no it's only uh, uh, it's 8.1 on IMDb, what I'm giving It's a you. movie. So yeah, it's a movie. But is it about a movie? It's not a movie about a movie, but we are following a thread here because apparently, if oh, you God. want to talk about it, Christopher Anousis is quite a fan of the works of Martin Scorsese when he's dealing with musicians. We've watched Bob Dylan documentaries together and mm-hmm. now it's finally time, Christopher, for one of um, my favourite ever musical films to finally be part of your lexicon. Hey, maybe you've watched it before and you're just going to rewatch it again this week. I'm not sure. But Christopher, it's time to go back the 1978 it's time to go back to the last waltz <gasps> it's time it's finally time now listen it is an hour 57 but it's it can be broken up what i need you to do is when you have the time this is very famously the band who did feature on lots of bob dylan's early records and they toured with him bunches and bunches and bunches turns out the band with their, fa- their famous and fabulous name just called the band they toured with lots and lots of musicians so by the when it came when it came time to call it quits, all the stars wanted to come and be part of it. And it was just like they had this room and it was hella loud, hella lively. Martin Scorsese was like, I'm going to be there. And it's just a really legendary thing. And um, I yes. feel unprepared for it. <laughs> Why do you? This is interesting. Because it's like going to a gig where you don't know any of the music. Well, Jeffrey. it's not. It's not because you are. This is this is like where you know how does, you. Does Martin Scorsese hold my hand through this? Very much so. Firstly, Martin okay. Scorsese. Martin Scorsese is going to hold your hand, and also, you're going to like. Have you heard of a chap <laughs> called Neil Young? Yes. Have you heard of a young lady at the time called Joni Mitchell? Yes. Have you heard of a man called Van Morrison? Yes. At least heard of. Um, listen, you're you're going to be you're going to be fine. Then he holds your hand, and the band are the people who played with. Our boy for some just, of his I most iconic a little, albums. A little thing on the IMDb trailer, and yeah. Martin Scorsese's eyebrows are completely different. Right, listen. 
when you see what it's because his eyebrows. eyebrows black and his hair white i just don't get it <laughs> his eyebrows are some of the most magnificent things um i've ever seen and they will guide you through this film and this concert um i'm sad i can't uh do it with you because it's very like it's a it's it's a weird thing but there's a writer i love called hanif Abdurraqib, who very traditionally watches it on every Thanksgiving, and I really want to make that. It's like, listen, this is just the most one of the most classic concert movies. I can't talk about it enough, dude. You're you're, you're yeah, like, I know. I'm giving my review. I was trying to set the table. Your bit that you do at the start of next episode. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you do this good job of saying context, and I wanted to do that, but like, were you just reading blurbs? Because <laughs> maybe I should do that. <laughs> I'm going off on one. Um, okay, fantastic. That's. Um, do you want to name some other people in it? Go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I can name every member of the band if you like um but uh yeah i want you to to tell me how you find it the actual concert took place. you've been trying to get me to watch this for fucking decades really because i can't remember like i feel like low-key right thanksgiving day november 25th 1976 and um we're going to be watching it all the way in 2023 so i can't wait to hear what you thought i'm going to be watching paris is burning mr anusis any final thoughts for our just want to shout out moneyball i don't know if i did the other day the film yeah, I watched it. Oh, okay. And I, had a, and, and I had a good time. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. I watched it the night before I ran London Marathon. Um, We're shouting out not the director, not the actor, the film. Well, yeah, I watched yeah. the film. I enjoyed the film. I just I don't and hear Brad enough. Pitt's in it, and he's I eating like a lot it. of food. Is which he? Is what Brad Fantastic. Pitt does in all his good movies. Brad Pitt's a great food eater on screen. This is true. I feel like we could talk yeah. about it. Eleven, right? I'm really sad Everyone's that you. I'm sad that we talked about this at the end because I could talk about it more. I feel like he's done it. In what the... Brad Pitt eating food? Yeah, there's got to be a YouTube video out there. I was saying this the other day. There's got to be. It's not going to be on the show notes. I'm telling you that much. It's just not. <laughs> they're, they're already full. There's no room. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we uh, okay. We love the you out there. The sun is gleaming. The clouds are floating. <laughs> the guitars are twinkling. Oh, <laughs> and on that note, goodbye. Take it. If you don't like when we misspeak or boost the audio or unpeak, the microphones bleed because they're so cheap. We're sorry to your ears. If you don't like the intro or the bit in the middle of this outro or if you don't like the whole show question why were you here if you don't like the podcast if you think we both speak too fast too many tangents never stay on task pick up a book instead if you don't like what we recommend if your patience wears thin towards the end if you think you could do better with your friend please go ahead if you don't like this content or like me the word content then please go be more content and never listen to us again